Hey, all you beautiful souls, and welcome to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. My name is Shalane Carter. I'm your host. I'm also a personal trainer, yoga teacher, meditation guide, and spiritual leader. This podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wellness, yoga, and spirituality, and really learning to break through limitations and open yourself and your spirit up to receiving all the abundance the universe has to offer. Each week, along with myself and many other awesome guests, you'll begin to expand your knowledge and insight on how to level up and step into your highest self. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey guys, welcome, welcome. I am so thrilled that you have checked in here at the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. My name is Shalane, and I have felt like starting a podcast has really been on my heart and something that I've felt like I've wanted to do for a long time. And so I'm just thrilled that you guys are here along for the ride. And if you're unfamiliar with some of my story, I thought that episode one would be a good place to kind of start. So that way you just understand a little bit more about me and why I share and the guests that I bring on, why they mean so much to me and why I think there's so much value to you as well. And this is a great opportunity for me to share on just my experience and expertise in how not only the body works, but also how the mind-body connection really lives in everything that we do. Um, I feel like we, as a society, address things very singularly. So, you know, you have this, okay, I'll give you that, or you'll take this thing and it gets rid of that. Like, as opposed to when you see a physical manifestation of something, you know, whether it's a skin rash or whatever it is, really going deeper as far as not just to like diet and exercise, but really like everything stems from our thoughts. Um, So that being said, and the yoking of all the mind, body, and spirit, all three, this like great trifecta, um, I feel like this is a really great place to kind of start and understand why I, I operate that way, why I coach that way, why people in my circle are of the same belief and how that can really help you in your life when you start to address things as a whole. Um, so I was born and raised in Las Vegas. My mom um, was a single mom until she met my stepdad. Uh, I was about first or second grade or so. Um, they Their relationship was always very distant. Uh, my I have I'm the oldest of five, so I have several younger siblings, and we often went on vacations without him and things like that. He just was very disconnected from our family unit. Um, I grew up in a religious household, and my stepdad was not religious, just my mom. So myself and all the kids and my mom would go to church, and I never felt necessarily isolated or um, looked down upon, but there was always this very awareness of um, being different because I didn't have a mom and a dad in the church. It never really bothered me, but I like to equate it. So... Uh, since we're getting to know each other, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, throw that out there. And, um, I equate it to being like a, um, like a, 
uh, mudblood or like, I'm like, you know, I'm of the wizarding world, but I wasn't like a pure blood. Like you were there, but you weren't like, you know, like there was always that judgment from others. It, it was never, I never felt looked down upon, but it, I was always, I always felt very aware of it. So it was very much something that was kind of subconsciously there. Um, I, you know, went to school and was always never uh, athletic <laughs> at all. In fact, like anything I could do to get out of running the timed mile, I'm like, my side hurts. <sighs> this, that, like, I was like, I do not want to run. I still don't like to run. Also fun fact, love Harry Potter, hate to run. <laughs> Um, but I always felt very called to the more creative. I'd always been super imaginative and I did theater and choir and I always really enjoyed like art class in elementary school and I took ceramics and like anything artistic and creative, like that was up my alley. Um, I never really, I had really great friendships, but I was always, I always kind of felt like I danced to my own beat a little bit. Like I had, you know, my best friend and my, you know, little kind of circle of, of friends, but I, I, like they were, you know, doing sports or they were doing this or they were doing that. And I was like, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. So I've always kind of just been doing whatever kind of felt good for me. And it's never always kind of aligned with what was societally expected. Um, my mom being, being that we were religious, my mom was also very spiritual as well um, and always into very holistic uh, medicine, things like that. I remember taking like a wheatgrass shot at like 10 years old. So <laughs> the um, connection of like food and using food as like medicine and things like that, it runs like real deep which already made me different. So I have this like religious aspect that's different. I'm super creative. I'm not athletic. Um, my mom is, I'm very open to kind of the spirituality aspect of it from a young age. So there were all these like interesting factors. Um, I also in high school was never, I had one boyfriend and he, uh, for me was very, uh, needy. I didn't know how else to describe it at the time, but needed a lot of my attention. And I, because I had always marched to the beat of my own drum, I was like, you have got to give me space. Like, and I just, I always felt like I kind of chose some unconventional ways of living, I guess, so to speak. And all my friends uh, were very, I was in honors classes and things like that. So pretty much all my friends went to college and not me, not me. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to hair school. I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do hair and makeup in the film industry. I had plans to, I was getting, um, I went through hair school, started apprenticing afterwards and was like, man, I'm already burnt out. <laughs> Like, I was just so aware, like those looking back, friendships, A, I noticed how naturally empathetic I am and um, I am kind of a natural empath. I'm very sensitive to other people's energies and being a hairdresser, you take on, people literally come for an hour of 
sharing time. Like, yes, the, the hair is a byproduct, but really they're just there to talk to you. So, um, I just kind of felt drained and I was like, you know what? I want something else. So I started freelancing for Mac cosmetics. Uh, they then offered me a full-time position and I was like, hell yes, this is my ticket out of hair. Um, they make good money. I can work 30 hours and get, uh, benefits. I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. So all the while I'm doing this, I'm still like, besides my first boyfriend, really didn't have solid, like any, any relationship longer than a couple of weeks. Um, I was seeing somebody on and off and shortly thereafter became pregnant every day and fast food at least once a day and drinking and going out every weekend with, you know, the midnight munchies. It's amazing how quickly you drop weight. <laughs> so after I had my daughter, I was the thinnest I had ever been. Um, but I didn't really feel good in my body and I easily gained that weight back. Um, when my daughter was about six months old, we decided we're gonna move to Utah. I have extended family up there. My mom, myself, and my siblings, and, and my daughter, we all moved. Um, I wasn't there but a few weeks. Um, and it was so nice to have like family around and I was like, this might be a much better fit. I was freelancing for Mac still at the time and I'd been there about six months or so and I started dating a, a friend of one of my cousins. Um, and he was wonderful and we literally got pregnant pretty quickly. <laughs> um, and I was like, clearly I did, did not learn your lesson. Um, and he passed away while I was pregnant. So again, here I am a single parent again. I'm in a state that I've only lived in for six months. It's winter. I'm from Las Vegas. I don't do the cold well, guys. I do not. Harry Potter, no cold. What was the other thing that I was telling you about me? I can't remember, but, um, and I just really struggled with, it didn't feel like home. Um, and here I was having another baby and the loss of my partner. And so shortly after my son was born, we moved back to Las Vegas. I'm continuing to work for Mac. And I was like, you know what? I need something that I can live off of. I can't provide for my two children and continue to grow financially, in, even in a career as a person, when I feel very capped out by a corporation. It just wasn't, it wasn't for me. Um, and I was working a lot of weekends. It was taking away from my time with my kids and I didn't want to miss those small moments. So I go from a job where I'm standing all the time and I end up getting into lash extensions. Um, at first I was like, oh, I want to do hair. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do hair <laughs> again. I just kind of had this like aversion, like it wasn't for me. And I start doing lash extensions and right away it goes really well. I pick it up really easily, I think because of the fine tune skills that are needed. And 
I had been doing, you know, putting on lash strips. I had been drawing, you know, eyeliner and very small, intricate details in Halloween makeup. I had been doing all of these things. Like essentially all of my makeup training had prepped me for the meticulous work of lashing. And it was great because I was, A, I had already learned people skills. Um, when I worked for MAC Cosmetics, I worked in the form shops and there are people from all over the world. I learned how to talk to everybody. You just learn how to shoot the shit, basically. I could do it for hours. I always joke that I was a hard person to date because I was so good at just talking, like just engaging the other person in conversation that it allowed me to not have to share because I was so good at holding that space for them to share. So this is kind of where some of my um, training kind of first began as far as now how I've moved into coaching and teaching yoga and moving more into kind of the retreats and women's circle spaces is I learned from, I was like 21, 22 years old, learning how to just get to know people in the most authentic ways. So moving to lashes, it created a very intimate experience. It was me and one other person for an hour or more together every other week, every three weeks. And, but I went from a job where I was standing to a job where I was sitting. So I gained probably like 15 or so pounds and I, my lash business was doing so well. I moved to a private room. I was renting space and I had hired, I think a few employees at that point. Cause I had kind of, I was like, I can't create any more time, but what I can do is create opportunity for people to have a similar experience that they would have with me, with somebody else. And, but this weight was beginning. I mean, my shoulders ached. It was, I was sitting for eight, nine there were some days I worked 10 hours back to back clients and you're sitting in the same position. You're literally hunched over. Everything's kind of in front of you. And my shoulders by like, there were times that by hour four, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so painful. So I started, um, I had gotten into the first yoga class I had ever taken. My daughter, I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, so from that point until now, a few years later, I had watched stuff online. I had always been so interested in that community and still very much, I think because my roots again come from my mom being in a more holistic space, a very spiritual space, very connected to a higher, a higher power, a higher being, a higher something. Um, it had always really interested me. And now I have this weight that is... I, I remember looking at, I remember one photo in particular looking, my daughter was four, almost five. It was like a month before she turned five or maybe three going on four, somewhere, we're going to say four, just to be safe. And I remember looking at the photo and being like, ma, that is not me. Like I didn't feel like that looked like me. Like that's not what I saw in the mirror. And I noticed I was struggling to like get up and down from the floor playing with my kids. Um, I like all these things that they were just kind of small little things. I don't feel like, and it's not like the weight comes on, you wake up one morning and you're 20 pounds heavier. 
So I go with my best girlfriend. We take the kids to go visit her parents in California. I have never owned a scale up until I was like 25 years old. Never. My mom never had a scale. Like I was just never uber aware of weight. Like I knew what my clothes felt like. I knew for a long time I had felt uncomfortable in my clothes, but that was normal to me. Since high school, things I had felt uncomfortable in my clothes because of my weight. But it was never something that I really harped on for long periods of time and I didn't allow it to hold me back from anything. So we go to California. I step on the scale. It says 205 pounds. Well, good thing I was in the bathroom because I wanted to crap my pants. <laughs> I was like, There's, this is broken. For sure, this is broken. So I go grab one of my kids. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> step, step on the scale, please. Um, I need to make sure that this is really broken because there is no way I'm over 200 pounds. And they step on the scale. And of course, they're like itty bitty body is like, you know, 50 pounds because they're I can't remember how old she was. It was probably less than, I don't know. It just wasn't 205. So clearly the scale was not broken. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm over 200 pounds. Like it never, I never had crossed my mind that. And I was like, this is why you don't recognize yourself in pictures. Like I didn't feel like that person. I had so much energy and so much life like inside of my body and who I was on the inside and like all my ideas and my passion and like that's not what I was representing on the outside and I was like well no wonder you are attracting certain styles of friendships um you're attracting certain styles of men and relationships um it's always people that um that aren't taking care of themselves either and I was like wow I just never never really dawned on me. So um, I began to focus a lot more on food and stuff. And I, you know, I was never really, I had never dieted up until that point, to be completely honest. I was like, oh, I'm going to start something or whatever. And I never felt like bad when I didn't follow through. I'm like, oh, I just didn't. Oh, well, no big deal. You know, um, I didn't ever yo-yo diet. I didn't, uh, because I never focused on it. It was never something that, it was something that was so far kind of in the subconscious of like, I don't like feeling this way part of myself, but I never allowed that to kind of stop me from doing what I wanted to do. But what I realized is it was an underlying tone that was now beginning to manifest in other ways in the physical realm in my life. I was not able to, I was like, I don't want to be that parent that doesn't play on the playground with my kids and sits on the bench because I physically can't, or I'm embarrassed of my body. I want to teach my kids to love their body. I want them to dance. I want them to be silly. I want them to try things. I want them to feel capable and whole. And I can't teach that if I don't practice it. So I began to kind of watch what I eat. I began to work out. I sought out a coach who, uh, first, first coach I ever hired was not a good fit. Um, also I don't feel like was, he very much had a cookie cutter. Like this is your meal plan. This is your workout plan. And he probably gave it to every single client of his. So when I told him like, Hey, dairy, it's kind of bothering me how much like Greek yogurt you're having me eat. Like my stomach doesn't like it. 
Uh, the protein powder that you recommended had lactose in it. It was a lot of, I was like, I feel so bloated and I can't eat any more sweet potatoes, damn it. Like it was just, and tilapia with this gross, I'm just kidding. I like tilapia, but it was just, it was like a lot of just very bland food and a lot of things that were actually making my stomach really upset. And I had always been so kind of, I always ate what felt good. Like I didn't, I stopped when I was full. I, I never felt like I necessarily had binge issues, but I was like, I felt the need to like, I was developing those things by restricting so heavily. I was doing cardio and all this and not, my weight wasn't changing. <laughs> That's the best part. I'm doing all this. I'm doing what, as you know, this person said is right and nothing is happening. Nothing. And so I start doing my research. I'm researching on just the product, you know, the food that he's having me eat, workouts, things like that. Why you do certain, why you eat, why is he having me eat this regimented thing? So I stumble upon macro counting and I'm like, huh, this makes sense. Like my mom has always been thin and never really fluctuated with her weight. Even myself, even though I was heavier, I didn't yo-yo up and down. I was pretty much consistent. I would stop eating when I was full. I would eat when I was hungry. I very much paid attention to what my body was telling me. It was like, okay, well, now that I'm looking into macros, I was like, this makes sense. Like to me, the numbers of like your body can only metabolize so much in a day to maintain. If you eat too much, it has to hold on to it because it it's that's its job. You're feeding it all this. It has no place to go. You can only poop so much. Like it's like, hey, I'm gonna save this for later. If you're not eating enough, like it just really made basic sense to me. So I started researching it. I found a wonderful, wonderful coach who um, I was with for several years. He I lost 50 pounds. I no longer felt like any like little creeping in of like binging feeling that I was having before went away. I cut out cardio completely, which we all know how much I hate to run. If you listen to the first 10 minutes, you know I avoid the time mile like the plague in high school. Um, so here he was like, and he was like, you don't have to run. If we're implementing cardio, do what you like. It just has to get your heart rate up. It has to burn a certain amount of calories because it was very just like, okay, you're roughly burning about this much. We need to, in order for you to lose weight, we need to eat a little bit. You're, we need to output a certain amount and input a certain amount so that you're, you stay in a deficit. Totally made sense to me. So I'm like, okay. So I've lost the 50 pounds. I'm, and at this point, I have been doing yoga as my cardio. Um, I would do a hot yoga class, a more fast paced, like vinyasa style class where I sweat a lot. My heart rate got up, but I really enjoyed it. And, and it got me into, whereas before, right after I had my son and was just first beginning lashing, I had started doing yoga, but I honestly, like, I couldn't create a consistent routine for myself. I loved the feeling afterwards, but the, what was, 
what was taught at that particular studio was very exercise based. And here, now that I had been using these yoga classes as cardio, it was also like the way that it was taught evoked a spiritual connection. They, the teachers in this particular program, the way it's set up is to literally walk you through like the experience of self discovery within your own soul. I loved the studio didn't have mirrors. A lot of times the lights were turned down. Like you just, you became so connected to yourself that even though, yes, you were there as the collective, as the community, it wasn't about them. It was totally about your journey. So this coach was so wonderful in it allowed me to, again, kind of dance to my own beat. It allowed me to explore things that felt good to me and not be so regimented. Every time I got into a situation where I felt like somebody else was dictating how I could show up in my own life is when I felt like I needed to run. Like, I was like, I need out. Nope. I need a new job. I need a new this. Like, so he coached me through my first bikini competition because I was like, after working with him for about two years, I was like, you know what? I think, I think I want to do this just because I'm really enjoying kind of the goal setting aspect to it. I competed and had a wonderful experience. And now at this point, like my desire to help other people achieve this balance of this mind, body, spirit connection is like burning. I'm like, if I, the, the change that I felt in my own heart, I was a better parent. I was learning to peel away the layers of facade of people's expectations. Um, I was peeling away the layers of expectations from childhood and everybody grows up and your parents teach you, um, your belief systems and they do the best that they can. It doesn't always serve you as an adult. So what was beginning to happen was I was peeling away the parts that were not serving me from my past years. I was noticing, um, behavioral patterns and things like that, that I was like, this gives me anxiety. This makes me feel a certain way. Um, I've never been an anxious person, but I notice, you know, my beliefs in money, my beliefs about relationships, my beliefs about parenting. And there were certain aspects of it that I was like, it's not like this for everyone, which means I have the power to change. So I began that process as well, kind of all at the same time, this, the shedding of the weight was such a catalyst for me for literally shedding back all of the layers that, that I had put on or society had put on to be a certain way. So I felt so empowered to begin to show up as my most true and authentic self. And that for me included allowing other people that same opportunity to feel that way. I really wanted to coach people. I really wanted to help people and help people create this shift because if I can do it as a single parent of two kids running a business, you can do it too. You have to be committed to yourself though. And that was part of why I was so passionate about wanting to coach a certain way um, because it, it wasn't for me just about the weight. I noticed that the weight began my process, but my process was 
so much deeper than that and allowed me as the weight came off, as new ways of thinking began to really take root in my own life, I was able to really tap into like my own intuition, what felt good for me. Like even my body, when I eat certain foods, I'm like, nope, that, that wasn't good. Like I know, I know right away. I, I noticed the subtleties, the subtle shifts. And that was so important for me to be able to share that experience with other people and be able to guide them through that. So I ended up getting my, um, NASM national Academy of sports medicine, um, personal trainer certification. My, um, I ended up also getting certified to teach yoga. Um, I'm a fitness nutrition specialist. I went through a mindfulness leader certification program. So I really knew how to hold space for other people. Um, and during this time period, I began my my coaching business. Um, at first it was very much, okay, I'm just going to do diet and exercise. Like it was very, I was like, okay, I can do this because I wasn't quite sure how to implement the systems that I had learned through yoga and through mindfulness and meditation and the spiritual practices. I hadn't figured out how to systematize it and implement into coaching yet. So at this point, I coached many people, helping them lose weight, helping them feel, relinquish their bondage that they had to food and um, to their bodies and the way that they felt about their bodies. They're feeling liberated. And I was like, yes, this is what I want. So fast forward, I begin to systematize the, the way in which I coach the mind-body-spirit connection. So I'm building programs for mind, for body, and for spirit. So a way to connect all of them. Um, one-on-one coaching where we go a little bit more through diet and exercise and you know check-ins as far as weekly going over like, okay, what are your goals and stuff like that. More along the lines of like a spiritual trainer slash life coaching experience for the one-on-ones as opposed to a course where you're like, okay, this one is implementing a lot of yoga. Um, this one's implementing more of thought patterns and mindset shifts and working a little bit more with the mind. So I just kind of started to piece all of that together. In the meantime, um, my lash business was doing well. I took on a business partner, my best girlfriend, and as we begin to grow our business, it's doing really well. And then there's just a shift in it where she wants to go back to nursing school. She wants to do medical aesthetics. I'm really getting into personal training and yoga and coaching. And we decide to go our separate ways. And as that happens, it becomes more and more clear to me to step away from the lash business and the, the time I spent in the beauty industry really taught me how to hold space like a boss for people. I, it is one of the greatest gifts that I will probably ever have in my life is being able to truly listen to people, to just be able to connect 
and create an experience for someone. And when you are trying to help people to transform the way that they feel in their physical body, as well as how connected they are to their spirit, that is so important. So I'm shifting out of that. I'm shifting at this time, like dwindling down my own clientele. And I end up just stepping away from lashing completely and stepping wholeheartedly into coaching, which I've felt is on my heart for so long at that point that it felt so right and so seamless. And when I really started to make the change into personal training, stepping away from the beauty industry and really connecting to who I authentically am, um, I believe it was a, the New Year's of 2017 or so, I wrote down this list of traits that I wanted in a partner. And because up until that point, I had <laughs> I dated a lot, gone out on lots and lots and lots of dates, especially as I started to lose weight. The interest only heightened from men. I only got more um, attention, but it never really felt like the kind of attention that I wanted but I didn't know how else to communicate my emotions other than a lot of physical um, and a lot of just, you know, dating a lot of people, but everybody would give me a hard time. They're like, well, they're lucky if they last longer than a month. I'm like, well, listen, I just, I never felt like anybody was a good fit and I didn't want to waste my time or theirs. So 2017, I write down this list of qualities that I want in a partner. I put it out there, I put it away, I look at it probably like once a month or so, and fast forward into 2018, uh, towards the end of, well, like mid-2018, I end up meeting somebody, my now boyfriend, who is wonderful, and honestly, like, I'm like, I knew people like you existed, I just wasn't sure where you were, which is probably why I dated so many I don't know, yeah. doozies. Um, we all have a history, right? And he's phenomenal. He's literally everything that I wanted in a partner. And we're dating, and about six months in, I reference back to this paper, and he is literally everything on the paper. I remember visualizing an experience with, at the time I didn't know it was him, but like I had done a lot of work through my own subconscious of utilizing visualization um, I'd, to create and map out my future. So some of that was, uh, some of the, the mind mapping for me was leaving my lash business, stepping into coaching fully. It was visualizing a partner. And when I say like, I manifested him. I am not joking. He is just so wonderful. And there was a certain experience uh, where he and I were standing together somewhere. And it literally came to fruition uh, nine months after we met. It was very deja vu and very weird. And that he has been such a supportive person in my quest for helping other women and people create that connection for themselves. So, and then that kind of brings us to today where I, I went through 
a lot of, um, I went to some energy healing and I was doing a lot of work on myself as far as discovery of like where my blockages were and clearing a lot of the energetic blocks within my body where I realized my throat um, chakra was blocked and did a lot of work on why it was blocked and clearing it. And as that happened, I had always, I'd always really loved to sing. Like, you know, fast, rewind to like the beginning of the podcast. Like I was into theater. I was into choir. I had always been very expressive in that ways, but I had learned to silence a lot of my voice because I was creating and holding space for others. So now I was relearning how to, when I'm stepping into who I am and who I am authentically, that means sharing my truth. That means speaking up, even if it is not always what the other person wants to hear. It means being very true to who I am. And I had had this urge to do a podcast. And part of that, I think the urge got stronger and stronger as I cleared my throat chakra. So fast forward to now, here we are, podcast, my throat's clear, we're chatting, and I am just so excited because I feel like now that I have the tools and created the rituals for myself and for my clients on how to connect the mind, body, spirit, part of that is sharing and is holding space. It's sharing your knowledge. It's connecting to people. It's being who you are unapologetically all the time. And a podcast really allows me to do that and to share not just my interests, but my ways that I have found to really create a lot of joy and happiness and ease within my own life. And I feel like that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to feel so at home in their body and so at peace that they're not shook by outer influences. They're not, their mind is so equanimous that they just can really be present. So that's really what this podcast is all about is learning to really delve deep into yourself, like really get in there, know who you are, find out who you are, the, the shadow and the light parts. You're a whole person, but it, t- it really does take all of you acknowledging the parts that maybe you haven't shared with the world, maybe that you that you kind of shy away from, leaning into that, learning about that, experiencing that, feeling the emotion, and really stepping into the wonderful ways that you can show up in the world and help others. And I'm just so honored to be able to, to be here with you guys to create this community of wonderful, beautiful souls that really want to light up the world, that want to be the best versions of themselves every single day. And that to me is what eat, pray, slay, you know, correlates to like, it is taking care of your physical body, what you eat, how you treat it, things like that. You know, the meditation part, the, the rituals, the praying, the whatever you want to do to really connect to spirit, and then really going out and taking that into the world so that you can slay your day, show up as your most authentic self, be who you truly are unapologetically at all times. So I hope you enjoy the past like 30 minutes or so of just me sharing with you who I am and how I came to be. And I feel like this opportunity allows us to really connect. So if you enjoyed this episode, if you feel connected to it, and if you've really felt like, yes, I too have been there, 
I'm so excited. Whatever you want to share, I would love if you could go up and write a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. Until next time, guys, eat, pray, slay.